Ramey, Matt, how you doing? Excellent. Fantastic. That's awesome to hear. Super glad to have you guys here. Um, as, as some of the people viewing may know, you guys, uh, do a lot for MSPs when it comes to online marketing, but I do want to start off where, you know, we'll, we'll kick it off with a little commercial part, right? And then we'll, then we'll dive into some, some educational content for the people. So let's start with Matt, just cause you're first on the screen. Uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your business and what you do for MSPs? Sure. Uh, my name is Matthew Rodella. I, um, started off, uh, gosh, maybe 15 years ago, um, working in the IT field and started my own, uh, solo computer consulting company, uh, for a while. Um, and then realized, uh, as I started, cause I was blogging about it and, and I started a podcast about it and slowly realized that I liked the, the sharing my journey part of the, of the process and helping other IT businesses part of the process the most. So I decided to dig into that. And from that sprang my first product called tech site builder, cause I love building websites. Um, a lot of IT businesses had really bad websites, so I wanted to help them out. Uh, so I created the tech site builder product and then, uh, fast forward to today, I joined forces with, uh, my co-founder Ramey Bell here, and we started tech marketing engine where we brought together a couple of the products I was working on tech site builder and tech blog builder, and then brought his tech reputation product into under the same umbrella. And now we kind of package them all together and provide the suite of online marketing tools for businesses. Uh, and we've been having a lot of fun doing that. That's awesome, man. Let's pop over to Ramey. Why don't you tell us about yourself? Yeah. What Matt said. Uh, it's Randy Bell, Bell, and, uh, I, I got my IT start by working as a subcontractor on Microsoft campus. Cause, uh, at the time I was living really close by and my responsibilities were helping out the developers of NT4 at the time. So that's where I got my true taste of, you know, being on site in front of customers working, uh, in the technical aspect, but I always enjoyed, uh, cause I had a marketing job before that and I always enjoyed marketing more than the, the tech stuff. So I decided to marry them and, um, go after positions that involve technology. So I spent some time, um, as a system integrator, that was the name, fancy name for, uh, MSPs at the time that kind of dates myself. And, uh, that was basically just, you know, system integrator was an MSP basically. And I did sales and marketing for them as well as a tech and Again, the marketing bug got me, so I moved into a sales and marketing role there. And then since then, uh, I've worked with, uh, advertising agency and I caught up with Matt here and really, um, put our products together as complimentary and helping people or excuse me, not people, MSPs and IT businesses really find success in marketing online. So it's been a fun ride. That's awesome. So. You know, I, I kind of, you know, I thought I'd bring on a couple marketing guys so we could talk about, uh, technical product. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I thought I'd bring on a couple marketing guys so we could talk about marketing, right? So, um, both of you, both of you do like marketing for MSPs professionally. So what, what I'd like to talk about today is I want to dig a little deeper. So 
you know, a lot of things that people see, especially MSPs, oh, you got to get your, your title and description tags and alt tags on your images and, you know, like surface level on-page SEO. And that stuff's important. I get it. Um, but I, I think there's, I think there's more to it than just that. Matt, would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, there, you know, it's, it's like anything where there are kind of surface level, um, uh, easy, easy things to, to take care of, um, the biggest bang for your buck kind of thing. And so a lot of times we'll start the conversation with, you know, SEO meta tags and description and, and the structure of the site and all that stuff, because it's low hanging fruit. It's, uh, it's easy to implement. And when you implement it, it does have a noticeable effect on your search results. So, so th that, that's definitely surface level stuff that's important. And then once you take care of that, then there are the layers underneath that, that you got to look into. And, um, there's, you know, things like backlinking and things like, uh, uh, you know, making sure that the content on your site is, is rich and specific and you're using multimedia. And, um, so there's all these different pieces, you know, social media, there's all these different pieces of the SEO puzzle, the website puzzle, the online marketing puzzle. Cause that's all just SEO. Then there's a bunch of other stuff like conversions and analytics and, uh, you know, so many different things you can dig into that, uh, it becomes overwhelming first of all, for people who are trying to learn it. Um, so, you know, that's why you kind of have to take care of that surface level stuff first. But then once you start digging in, there's definitely multiple layers under that. And the more layers that you can, um, hone in on and, uh, optimize for your business, the better you're going to do an SEO, the harder the, the competition is uh, going to have a job of catching up with you and all that stuff. Uh, so it's definitely worth looking into once you've taken care of kind of that surface level stuff. Excellent. All right. So <clears throat> with, with all this cool stuff we could work on, uh, I actually have, I have a nice little list and I started writing, writing up a document and. I'm kicking myself that I didn't get this document pulled up first because the document, uh, they, they changed their name. So that's where it's not autofilling. So just give me a second and I will get logged into this thing. I hate when that happens. Yeah. Like who, <laughs> who decides, Hey, let's just change your whole brand. <laughs> they let's, didn't ask you. Yeah. They didn't ask me my opinion. Yeah. I guess when your brand is also uh, a pretty important name in like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you should probably just change your brand name. What was uh, that? What was that? What brand is that? It was Jarvis. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've wondered about Now that. it all falls together, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um... All right. So on, on page basics, I, I think, you know, let, let's just, let's just rattle them off. We'll make it a checklist for people, meta title and description, uh, alt tags for images, proper heading structure, appropriate keywords. That's, that's kind of the, the high level overview of on page SEO, right? I like to look at those as the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, yeah. Um, and then the next thing that you should probably focus on would be, uh, I like to call it your technical SEO. And what that usually would be is like SSL and uh, mobile optimization, website speed. Are there any other things that you can think of that fall in that category? 
Uh, one that I can think of off the top of my head is um, like uh, 404 links, dead links, um, dead pages on your site. Make sure those are redirected. So redirects um, and cleaned up uh, so that you don't have dead pages and, and dead links. So kind of cleaning up your link profile and your site map. Or I would fall under uh, technical SEO as well. All right. So, so that's helpful. So for those of you that don't know, when, when we talk about 404 dead links, 301 redirects, the 301 redirect is where the magic happens. Um, so let's say somebody is linking to your website, also known as a backlink. And with that link, uh, they're linking to, we'll, we'll call it the sign up for my services page. Okay. And, and maybe you decide I'm going to, I'm going to change the URL of this page to something else because I'm a weenie and that's okay. I'm a weenie too. Sometimes all you have to do is set up a 301 redirect and that link will continue to work. It'll just take the old URL and pop it in as the new URL and all is right with the world. Now, what does, what does that say to Google? Um, so when you don't redirect like that, it tells Google that your site has dead links and that's not a good user experience. And mm -hmm. Google cares about giving their users the best search results and the best experience on those search results. So when they see a lot of dead links, that tells them that, uh, that's a site that users aren't going to like to go to. So they're going to not, they're going to penalize you basically in the rankings for a lot of those. So when you 301 redirect, you're telling Google, oh. You know, this, this page, I might've, you know, it might be outdated or it might not apply anymore. So I took it away, but I'm redirecting that link or that page, that URL to a more useful page for your search for your searchers. Right. Cause that's what Google cares about. And so they're like, oh, okay. This person with on this website took the time to help the users who might be visiting this outdated page, redirect them to a new page. That's something we like to see. So we're going to, you know, we're going to. I don't know, you know, give you the, the blessing of the Google gods and make your, make you rank better, uh, more or less. Perfect. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about is search intent. Do you guys know about this concept? Absolutely. And, and just for the, for the people watching that, that you're like, of course they know you're interviewing them. This is all, I didn't discuss this stuff. I'm just hitting them like random questions and I just assume they're on top of this because this is what they do for a living. So, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'll throw in the caveat that this stuff changes all the time. Yes. However, you know, we try to keep our finger on the pulse of all this stuff. So, so, uh, we should have answers for everything, but, uh, who knows? We'll see. <laughs> hey, who, you know, if, if your answer is different from mine. Uh, it's possible that I'm using outdated information too. Okay. So don't be afraid to tell me I'm an idiot. It's maybe nicer than that, but I'm sensitive. <laughs> Never. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, search intent. Uh, my understanding is Google pays attention to how people interact with your website. So, you know, if they're getting what they're looking for, you can expect your rankings to improve similar to, you know, the, the dead links and 301 redirects. But this is more like if I'm searching for, uh, well, it, 
let's let's talk let's let's back up so if um if if i'm searching for a specific question is my web page answering that question even though i'm showing up on page one or wherever i'm showing up right so that's i think that's kind of how they're using search intent would you agree with that well i can give you an example of starting with the query um if someone just types in stockpot don't ask me why I thought of this stock pot, but I just, I just saw it in the kitchen this morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and that's a really general term. And that's where somebody is really starting out on their journey and searching. They search up best stock pots, maybe they're getting a little closer. If they start typing in specific model numbers of the stock pot, then the search is really, the search intent is, is higher. So you're your page needs to answer, you know, all of those to be, um, the best result. And, and for example, the best pot and the, the, um, model number might be answered by a review of it. Got it. On your, on your page. And then on, so, on Google's end, they're trying to interpret those very vague search terms and try to figure out your intent. And that's kind of where the term comes from. So for example, in, in the IT space, if someone searches for virus, um, do they mean, you know, catching a cold or do they mean a computer virus and Google uses signals that that person has done like before in the past, have they searched for IT things in the past? Have they searched for medical things in the past, right before this? And they use that as part building up their kind of search profile and trying to guess their intent. And then of course, if they type in virus removal then Google's algorithm is smart enough to know that that doesn't usually mean that they're trying to get rid of a cold. That means that they're trying to get rid of a computer virus. And so that that's kind of on Google's side where they're trying to figure out what someone is intending to search for. And then on, on your end with the person with the website, you're trying to feed into that, uh, what Google's trying to figure out it as their, what it, their intent is with just making sure that when you're writing about virus removal, you're using all of those different types of terms that people would use to, to, you know, try to learn about virus removal, uh, virus removal, getting rid of a virus, how to remove a virus, just all the different forms of that query. Um, so that you can kind of be caught into the, the Google's, um, algorithm when it's trying to figure out what their intent is. So my understanding when looking into this stuff is that Google has kind of boiled all this down to four different types of user intent. So there's informational, navigational, commercial, and transactional. The, the thing that you'll find, uh, is, is the same about all of them is that they all end with the letters AL. <laughs> <laughs> Let that sink in. <laughs> no, but, uh, okay. So. We, you know, we, you, you guys were able to rattle off like, okay, so if, if I'm searching for this, like if I'm searching for a stock pot, you know, that's an informational, right. Or, or maybe you, you an, an informational can be a longer, what, what do you call that? Long tail keywords or. Yes. Yeah. Long tail. So, so it could be how many calories are in water that's informational. And, uh, I think the answer is 42. <laughs> uh, does yellow snow taste like lemon or banana? That's informational. This is an IT podcast, isn't it? 
<laughs> it is. We're making it fun, guys. We're making it fun. Uh, all right. So, so navigational. Uh, are we talking about like you know directions from my house to Matt Rodellis? Um, so, when they use the term navigational, um, I'm wondering what they mean. So, is that uh, you know trying to find a website on a specific topic? Um, it is. And yeah. So so. Um, yeah, in that Trick case, <laughs> yeah, because, uh, it, cause I, I mean, I don't have the categories memorized, but I do know that search intent is typically, you know, do you want to answer a question? Do you want to find a particular business or a particular business that does a type of thing, or do you want to buy something right is, is kind of the way I think about it. And so that one would fall into, I'm trying to find a type of business or a type of, you know, website that it deals with a certain topic. Um, that that's what, where I would kind of consider navigational to fall all right so maybe you're looking maybe you want to search up facebook login because you can't figure out where the page is uh, or you want to search for um uh, rocket msp you know that so those are those are kind of navigational searches uh commercial so is is commercial so the the last two are commercial and transactional so here's where I get a little confused. Um, transactional sounds like, you know, I'm buying something, you know, I, I, I want a flight from Cleveland to San Jose. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to buy a mail order bride, you know, whatever the thing is that you're about to purchase, that's your transaction. But how's commercial work? Because we've already got information and navigation. That is a good question. I'm not sure, Ramey. Um, I'd say it's more product, maybe. Interior. Bingo, bingo. So if you want to, if you want to look up that that like Dell Latitude whatever model they're using now, or a MacBook Air with the M1 chip, that's a commercial. If you're ready to buy the laptop, that's a transactional. And I mean, if you're look at those, uh, major corporate web pages, they're even different pages. You know, they've got the informational pages about the, about the item. And then there's a completely separate, separate page for you to purchase the item. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I would consider that brand. Like that's when, when I think of commercial, I think of brand and yeah. brand name and brand awareness. And so when you're, um, to kind of translate that to IT businesses, if you're um, talking about repairing certain models of things or using or helping people with certain software, you know, definitely name that software, name that brand. Um, if you know, and you want to also use your business as a brand. And so you want to mention your business and all of your website content and stuff like that. So that when someone is searching, uh, cause I've seen it where customers, they type in their own business name and their business is not at the top of the search results. Well, let That's me tell you some other it businesses. Yeah. And so they're, they're, um, they're not even using their own business name and their website enough for it to be on Google's radar. Um, so that's something you always want to keep in mind is to make sure that you're, you know, mentioning your business name on your website so that, <laughs> so that when someone searches for your business, they'll be able to find it. Awesome. Now bounce rate, uh, Ramey, is this one that, that you're familiar with? Mm-hmm. So explain to me is a, is a bounce when somebody 
is is that specifically when somebody goes to a single page and then just clicks away or is it only when they're coming from like a google search um well it's it's measured in a google search um i would say it's primarily from search engine yes so if they go to your home page or even an inner page it doesn't matter if they look at the page you go, oh, this isn't what i wanted and it bounced in a, you know, a couple seconds. It's a, it's a signal to, to Google that they didn't find what they were looking for. Right. So there's, there's a way to fix that, to reduce whether, whether you want to call it reduce or improve, um, it's a thing you need to do, uh, with your bounce rate, because no matter what website it is, a bounce rate is a very real thing. And I don't think anybody has a perfect 0% bounce rate. So I think the technical SEO stuff that we discussed is, is definitely a great way to reduce the bounce rate. Make sure that they don't land on a 404, sorry, page not found with a, with a little sad computer on it. Uh, make sure that your website's loading quickly. And I'd also probably say, make sure it doesn't look like garbage. <laughs> That's where Matt comes in, right? Yes, I agree. Your website should not look like garbage. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's, there's kind of two things to think about with bounce rate. Um, there's the search intent that you want to make sure you're, you're capturing. And that's kind of the low hanging fruit where if someone searches for virus removal, but your website is about curing the common cold and they land on your site, but they're looking for computer virus removal, then it totally mismatches what they search for and they bounce because it doesn't match what they thought it would match. So first of all, you have to just make sure that what you're promising that your website is going to deliver, it is what it's delivering. So that's where you, you, know, you don't want to um, uh, say you do something that you don't do. Or you, so some people get into trouble a lot of times when they use like cutesy titles um, or uh, you know jokey titles for blog posts. Um, and, and they're trying to be like ironic or sarcastic, but someone's searching for like something that's about that topic. And then they land on your blog post, but it's an it blog. And so they like bounce. So that that's going to give, increase your bounce rate. So once your, your topic of your page matches what someone's searching for, then you want to make sure that you have a nice looking page, a page that loads quickly and an engaging page, a page that keeps someone there. So that's where like, uh, engaging content comes in. That's where like multimedia, you know, lots of pictures, lots of videos, lots of, uh, a variety of, of text, um, get, gets people to, you know, focus on the page, really kind of, you know, get engaged by it. And then the final kind of step of improving your bounce rate, it's to have a call to action, something for someone to click, to go deeper into your site, because once they go deeper into your site, the bounce rate is out. They're not, they haven't bounced. They've gone deeper. Um, and so that's, you've captured them. You've like, you've got your claws into them and now they, they can't escape. Uh, so you can give them, you know, uh, that's where inter like lots of links on your page to other places on your website. You know, when you say, these are the services we do link to those service pages. So when someone be like, oh, that's what I'm looking for. They click on it. They go to that page, they continue reading. So you're giving people reason to stay on your page and dig deeper into it. I like that. So we when I look at. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ramey, please. I was just going to say that if is keyword research on your list. Oh, it's actually next on the list after I wrote oh, okay. the bounce rate one up. Okay. Well, what 
Matt picked a really good example of virus removal because it has multiple meanings. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to, to do the keyword research. And I won't go too deep into this to know which other words help you, or excuse me, help Google understand what your page is about. So by antivirus, computer virus, you know, other words that will help and keep that, that, that visitor on your page. So I, I agree with that. Um, so I do want to actually get a little specific about keyword research because there's one that I just looked up for a buddy and, uh, we were both kind of shocked because we, we learned a thing. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to share my screen if that's okay. And of course I, I started using brave browser because I, uh, I listened to that Joe Rogan podcast and it freaked me out. <laughs> I'm not even sure which one that references. Dr. Something Epstein from Friday. I don't know. So just, just go listen to that one. Definitely do it right before bed. So you have weird dreams. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to share my screen and it's, uh, it's actually going to be to a tool that I use called um, surfer SEO, and I'll even have a link to surfer SEO down in the description, full disclosure. It will be, uh, an affiliate link that way, if you like it, you sign up, it'll, you know, how about the channel? So what I was doing in surfer here was I was trying to figure out, let me get it shared now that I'm in the right one. Chrome has asked permission. Why, why Chrome go away? Why you gotta be like that surfer? Chrome is like the new, Chrome is like the new IE where it just digs itself into so many different things and it's impossible to get rid of once you install it. Oh, see here, here's the problem. I'm on a Mac, right? I'm on, I'm on an actually good computer (laughs) and I'm just digging it deeper, right guys? And where other browsers might be smart enough to, you know, pop up a window that says you should give us permission to do a thing. Um, brave didn't do that. So that's incredibly helpful. Still, it's still upset. All right. Well, I guess you guys don't get to see, so I'll just describe it. it. I'll just describe it. So what I did was I did a SERP analyzer search engine ranking something results page. Uh, what was that search engine results page yeah that one that makes a lot more sense um so what this does is it'll basically show you all the results that pop up when you type in something it's kind of like searching but it also tells you more about the search um so i typed in healthcare msp because I got a buddy who he, that's what he specializes in. He's an MSP. He does, uh, he focuses on working with healthcare providers. And I even made sure that I did the search in the appropriate city for him. So what, um, 
what ended up happening was in this SERP result, I see what is a healthcare MSP and healthcare managed service provider for like supplemental healthcare. And, and I learned healthcare has an MSP uh, initialism Mm. who would have known And an MSP in healthcare is not an IT guy. It is, uh, some type of program for insurance or something. So, so they'll, they'll basically like do managed insurance, something. I don't even know. I don't care. Cause it has nothing to do with what we were trying for. So we said, okay, uh, obviously that's not the keyword we want to focus on. So we were able to start looking into other keywords. We did it services for healthcare, uh, computer support for healthcare. And then we even focused on like doctors and dentists and, you know, all kinds of other things. Right. So we, we kind of, we kind of landed on, uh, it services for healthcare as the keyword that made the most sense in his city. Um, but it's really important for you to look and, and use one of these tools and, and figure out is, is this thing, is this even the right keyword? Because if we would have, if we would have made a page all about healthcare MSP, he, he wouldn't be getting anything or he'd be getting the wrong thing and Google would be penalizing him. Absolutely. So, that's, that's a big pet peeve of mine is you should not use MSP to describe your business on your website. That is an industry term. That is something that IT people use to describe our own businesses, but to the average consumer, that means nothing. And of course in healthcare, it means something totally different. Um, so yeah, MSP is not a good word to describe your own business to your customers. You want to describe your business of what problems are you solving for your customer? So IT services, that's a, a perfectly legitimate one. Um, it could be technology solution provider, or is there specific software that you're helping them with? Um, so, you know, it could be technology troubleshooting. It could be, you know, whatever software they're using, um, HIPAA compliance, uh, specialists or, uh, um, HIPAA technology specialists, you know, cause that's using the language they use. So you always want to, um, not only when you're doing keyword research, think about the services you're providing, but how is your customer going to be uh, asking for those services. And then those are the kind of keywords you want to be searching for. Exactly. exactly. I got frustrated searching MSP and getting Minneapolis state all the time. <laughs> yeah. MS MSP is the initials for that airport. <laughs> yeah. So I'm moving there now. Cool. <laughs> you know, the best thing that you could do is be an MSP in MSP. MSP. So. <laughs> Oof. Confusing. Ooh. Is that, is that meta? Is that how you use that word? I mean, <laughs> you, you can't, you can't say that anymore. Facebook trademarked it. I don't care what they did. <laughs> so one of the other things that you should do is target more keywords though. So when you build a page, uh, let me, let me look at one that I, that I built. Um, so I built a page for uh, uh, a company just, just screwing around, um, playing with my tools. And I built one for cybersecurity services in his city and, uh, using surfer, that tool I talked about earlier, um, it 
it basically has, um, it, it tells me all of the different things that I need to be ranking for besides cybersecurity services in XYZ city. So I'm, I'm looking to find that now. Um, and I don't have it because that would make way too much sense. Um, that's a good example of what good keyword research is meant to do. It's meant to tell you like all of the ancillary side words that people might be searching for in relation to that main topic. And then you want to make sure you use those words in the content of that page, in certain headings of that page, maybe write a blog post or two with that topic as the main focus. Um, and that way you're, you're building up your credibility in that main topic. And then also mm -hmm. all of those different kind of side words. So here's, here's one that I actually have that I can open six key phases of an ERP implementation plan. Uh, I built this, um, this out in about 45 minutes with the client in a zoom session. And I was just messing around again with my software, showing them what the software can do. So this, this here is like I said, six key phases of an ERP implementation plan and the main keyword we're looking for is ERP implementer, right? But the, the keywords, I mean, we're hitting everything from ERP implementation process, ERP implementation plan, new ERP system, data migration, uh, ERP system implementation, project team, new system, business requirements. Like there's, there's keywords all over the place on this thing. Um, and, and as ridiculous as it sounds like, you know, business requirements, why, why does that have anything to do with it? And the answer, one of you, I'm sure knows. I, I, I'm not quite sure what you're getting at, but it's, it's related, right? It, so what, what happens is, um, when you look at like the top 20 websites that are, that are showing up in the Google search for that particular keyword, um, if you were to analyze all the words on, on those sites and then try and pick out the keywords like business requirements, you'll find that there are some sites who have the same keywords and the more sites in the top 20 that have the same keywords, the more Google thinks that's relevant. Does right. that help? Yep. Right. And that's what SEO Surfer does, doesn't it? If I remember right, it, it looks at the first of the 20. Yeah. It does. It, it looks up the, the first 20 in every, um, in every search. And I, I think it does a pretty dang good job. And then that's how Google's algorithm tries to decide what words are relevant to other words mm -hmm. in that it does that same process, right? It looks at the top, whatever websites about a particular topic looks for all the common keywords that they use. And then it knows that if someone searches for that other keyword that, you know, it's related to this, this, this keyword. So that's, that's where the keyword research comes in, because then you know that even though you wouldn't think that those words were related, or you wouldn't think to use that phrase in your page, it might now be worth it to use it in that page, because that's what 
Google sees as being relevant. And, you know, at the end of the day, you want to do what Google thinks is best <laughs> if you want to show up at the top. And, and look, all, all I'm doing guys, uh, viewers is I'm regurgitating stuff that I've learned throughout the years. And I just happened to have some notes here where, you know, I, I just happen to see like the official terms, like I, I can tell, like once, once I start talking about it, you know, the, the light bulb goes off like, oh, that's what he's talking about. Because you already know this stuff. You just know it from, uh, doing it so much. Whereas I know it from like reading about it. I think that's the difference right. between like, you know, the, the IT guy who went to school and has the degree. And then the IT guy who didn't go to school, but did this for 12 years. Right. Exactly. When you're in the trenches. You might not know exactly what something is called, but you know how it works and that it's a problem and how to fix it. And that's, that's very typical in it. And it's the same way in marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Or uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and one more difference between the two is one is testing and seeing results where the other might not have. Yeah. I only, I only know things based on like, here's, here's what I've read and I've, I've poked around a little bit, but you know. You guys have done how many sites, hundreds or thousands? Probably over a thousand, not thousands, <laughs> but okay. you know, it's getting there. Hey, you know, if it's a thousand and two, I I'd call it thousands. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's, let's talk about what I'm going to say is the hardest thing for people to comprehend, but maybe not the actual hardest thing to do. And this is the one that's hard for me to comprehend, but I at least have some steps here that, uh, we can talk about as, as we go through this backlinks. Yeah. Uh, I'll have the guy that edits this put in some fancy. No, I won't. I'm the guy that edits this. Um, all right. So backlinks, uh, backlinks, 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 right? If I say it three times, they have to appear like Beetlejuice. It's a, it, it's an interesting topic because, um, everybody was saying that, oh, Google's getting smarter about contents. So we're not going to have to do backlinks anymore. And that's just simply untrue because the original algorithms and still today rely on, on getting information to, to help rank sites. For example, if a like a site says, a link says stockpot model number linking to this page that tells Google a lot of information. And if there's a lot of those type of links, um, it, it just makes Google's job easier. If there's still links pointing to the stockpot site and it might just, it might just say that stockpots, you want to mix up the, the, the links so that Google still understands more keywords and getting links is getting harder and harder because at first, you know, there was only so many people requesting them and now everybody's requesting them. So it does take a lot of time, but it is worth the reward. Mm -hmm. And the other thing to keep in mind is it's, you don't, you don't need like a million backlinks, right? Having one backlink come to your website off of Wikipedia is worth 10,000 backlinks from rocket SP and tech marketing engine and everything else. No offense to you guys, but let's face it. Our website is not as popular as Wikipedia. 
Exactly. We are no Wikipedia. We're close, but not quite. <laughs> so, uh, the, the, the way that, the way that you can win with backlinks is quality backlinks. So I think, um, you know, one of, one of the ways that you always hear is, you know, reach out to other websites and ask them to link to your content. Does that work? I mean, it's not as effective, it's not as, as, as effective anymore. Um, your site has to be really good and you have to do a lot of, you have to do a lot of quantity to, to get results. Mm -hmm. I think, I think the, the, the act of its in it, in and of itself, where you reach out to a, another website that's highly reputable, that matches your topic and if you're able to get a link from them, you know, somehow in, in content, that's great. And that's still a great thing to do. However, a lot of marketers and SEO guys are doing that. And so I don't know if you've experienced this, but we experience this almost daily. We'll get these emails from these SEO guys saying, Hey, I've got this great, you know, blog post. Why don't you link to it? I've got this great page. Why don't you link to it? So it, the. The act of reaching out is not as effective because people are doing it all over the place and, it, right. and people are getting blind to it. But the act of actually getting that link from another website is still very useful. Um, you just might have to go about it in different ways. You might have to approach the business owner, you know, through LinkedIn or at a local networking convention where you can build a relationship with them and you're not because it, it just ends up being spam, right? You're spamming people to try to get a link to their to their website. You're sending them unsolicited emails asking them to do you a favor, basically. Um, whereas, you know, the better approach is to use your network, find people, get to know them, build a relationship with them, and then start, you know, helping each other out with links and that kind of thing. One sec. Oh, you just muted yourself. Good. One second. My daughter's knocking on the door. Okay. She just wanted to let me know she was home Aww. as if the stomping around and door slamming was <laughs> It was really cute though, right? Oh no. I, I removed Matt. Whoops. My bad. Um, all right. So, so we talked about, um, we, we talked about, you know, possibly reaching out to like the owner, but the owner is probably the same guy getting not, you know, how many emails I get every day? from India and Pakistan and wherever else offering great web development and app development services. I'm sick of it. Yep. I'm absolutely sick of it. Um, and you know, another thing I used to see and like, I still see it on, on websites, uh, you know, those spam comments on the blog post. Mm. So does that even work? Like I, if I recall correctly, there's a thing called no follow that you can add to a link and doesn't that disable it from being viewed as a backlink or something like that? Yeah. So that basically tells Google not to follow that link when it's crawling and use that link as a, as a citation or, you know, a vote basically in, in Google's algorithm, it sees links as votes. And so when some, you link to another page. That website is kind of voting for that site saying, Hey, I give it a seal of approval. I say it's, you know, relevant. It's about this thing that I linked. Um, that just tells Google to ignore all that. And so, 
So we're, we're going back to the beginning of this conversation where, you know, we kind of set it up as backlinks aren't, aren't useful anymore or they're, they're not as useful. Um, I think the, the crux of that is Google has turned the knob down a little bit on the usefulness of backlinks because there's so many other signals that they use now. And they've also clamped down on all of the ways people have been abusing backlinks uh, because in Google's eyes, a backlink should be I own website A and I'm linking to website B because I think website B is a relevant source of information for what I'm talking about. But what people were doing was website B was coming to me and saying, hey, let me give you five bucks for you to link to me. Um, and, and Google was finding lots of ways to figure that out, that that was happening and to, to cut it off. So one of the, another way is like you said, content spam, comment spam. Um, a lot of those comments have no follow links on them. If they don't, Google has gotten smart enough to know you're leaving a link in a comment and it's going to like not even bother to, to recognize that. Um, so a lot of the, the, the techniques that people used to, to try to game the system aren't as effective anymore. That's for sure. Now, one of the ways that, uh, I, I hear about is to create guest blog posts for other websites. So for example. If I were to start creating guest blog posts for, uh, you know, Datto and Tech Marketing Engine and, and all these other uh, MSP channel companies, would would that start to tell Google, okay, this is actually good content he's writing and it's linking back to this guy's website? That is that good stuff? You want to take that one, Ramy? Uh, sure. Um... One, it's relevant because you're on, you know, IT related websites Two, the link will be in context in the blog post, hopefully. So it's not at the footer of the page on all pages of the site. It's, it's one link and over time, those links do help. So that's still a, that's still a worthy, um, tactic in, in gaining links on the internet. Now, what about submitting your, your website to directories or review sites? That's more of a local SEO play in that Google wants to see, um, longevity and accurate name, address, and phone number so that they can say, okay, this is a trustful business. They've appeared in all these directories and all the, the content is, is the same. And this is, um, managed primarily by Google's business profile product, which I think that's the name of now, instead of Google, my business, they renamed it once again. And, um, why not? So, yeah. So, and, and, and we offer the service of managing all that for you. So you don't have to open accounts, verify an email, and then type in all your information. We just, we talk to the APIs in the back end of each site and look for duplicates and synchronize information when you make changes. Now there are other companies out there. Uh, gosh, what's that huge one? Uh, uh Yext. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so there's a, there's a huge company out there called Yext and they offer that service and I signed up for it. And after a year I was like, I'm not going to keep paying for this. It's not like I moved over and over. So as soon as I stopped paying for it, it's like my, my address and phone number reverted 
or removed it itself. Is that, that's kind of shady. It's not so much shady as, is there's so much information that the three primary data providers get, it could be a cell phone bill, electrical bill, um, where the information might've got transposed or changed by either party. And then that gets fed into the system, right? And then it propagates down to all the sites. So what Yex provides is this is the, the, uh, information of truth, so to speak. This is the information that's correct. Don't overwrite it and don't add to it. You're in control of that and not some other entity. And that's what you're really paying for. Got it. Okay. So, and, and you said you do that as well. Yeah, we do. Okay. So, uh, let's see. So that's frustrating, but okay. Um, what about, I, I see here, one of the recommendations is connect with other bloggers and social media users in your industry. I don't really see how that generates a backlink though. Well, we've partnered, on um, on webinars with other companies, you know, unlike ourselves, we partnered with a sales enablement type company and that generated links on the blog posts and social media and on YouTube itself. So it, it definitely does help. Got it. Okay. So it's, it's not that they're saying go make friends. They're, they're saying, uh, build strategic partnerships and do things with each other. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Okay. But the, the most important thing that I've found, and, uh, this goes back to, I, I think this goes back to the point I was making in maybe my tech, maybe, no, it was, it was the uh, improve your bounce rate point. Okay. So in order to get better backlinks and more backlinks, you need better content. So if you want to reduce your bounce rate, don't have content that sucks, have a website that, that makes sense. It's well-organized and it gives people the answers and information they're looking for. You want more backlinks, have a website that again, is well-organized, has a lot of information, gives people the answers they're looking for. Yep. It all, it all goes back to, um, having good custom, um, specific content and lots of it, uh, on the website and making it the, the website experience, a pleasant experience, because at the end of the day, if you have these partnerships with other people and they, you know, they're, they're going to link to your site. Um, number one, they, they're not going to want to link to your site if it's hot garbage, like we mm -hmm. talked about earlier. Um, and number two, if someone does, you know, click the link from their site to go to yours, you want them to like what they see and want to continue to engage with you as a, as a, as a website and as a business. And so you're definitely putting your, trying to put your best foot forward on the website and, and with the content, keep them engaged and make sure you get found. Now I have one last thing. I want to talk about, and, and I'm not sure if this is actually a, a great 
marketing thing or not, but for me, it works when I search for something and I see it, it works. It's called, um, what's it called? <laughs> Rich snippets. Ah, mm -hmm. yeah. Or, or what's the other, what's the Google term for it? That is your Google term for it, isn't it? Uh, schema. Schema. Yep. That's it. Schema markup. That's the code that you use. Yeah. So do you do this to the websites you build? Yeah. So that's built into tech site builder, um, which is the platform that we offer to it businesses to build their own website on, or that we build a website for you. We can do both. Um, and we have on all of the pages, uh, schema markup built into the code so that, you know, automatically when you plug in your address. It's got the, the schema for address, you know, around it so that it can be, it could provide those rich, rich snippets, uh, to Google. Um, so you're basically just putting extra code in the website to say, this is our address. This is our phone number. This is our product page. This is a review that we received. Um, and that way Google can just get, get to know the sections of your page better so that if someone searches for, you know, it business reviews. Um, it can pull out the section of your website that has the review in it and put that and Google can actually put that in its search results, um, to say, Hey, here's, here's a review that someone received. Um, so that's how, like when you search for a product and you see like the five stars actually listed in the Google search results, that's cause someone used the schema markup for a review and did all the code they needed to do to have it show up with the five stars and everything in the Google search results. Now, one of the things that. I've recently learned is it sounds like you don't want to just add every single schema markup type to every page. Like you don't want to add the address schema to every page. Even if the, your address is in the footer of every page, you should probably only have it on one page. That way, if, if somebody Google searches, what's Matt Rodella's address? Google knows the answer because it's on one page and they're not like, oh, which one do I grab it from? And then they just don't grab it at all. So if, if you've got the answer on like, or the, the markup, whatever we want to call it on one page for each type of markup, then you're going to, you're, you're going to be leaps and bounds ahead of the people that just, I don't know how schema markup works. I'm going to slap it everywhere. Um, the other thing that I've, I've learned is you probably don't want too many different types of schema markup on an individual page. For example, if, if this is a page for a recipe, there's recipe markup, right? You don't always also want to necessarily include a review, even though there are reviews of the recipe, the goal is for this recipe to show up as a rich snippet, not the review for the recipe. Yeah, I, I would tend, I would tend to agree with that, but, um, it's, it's not the end of the world, right? That's, that's getting very in the weeds. Um, and I think as if you have the markup, you're ahead of most of your competition. And then, yeah, I think, um, you know, generally focusing each page on your site on one specific thing, uh, one specific topic, one specific, you know, schema markup or whatever is usually better than having it, you know, all over the place, uh, because that gives Google a focus and it knows exactly what you're talking about. Um, but you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't think that that's the end of the world. If you do have 
you know, a bunch of different schema markups on the same page. A lot of times Google is smart enough to be able to pull out exactly what it needs for the search results in any given time. Okay. Are, are there any, are there any tips that you guys have for better online marketing in, you know, 2022 for MSPs? What do you got, Ray? Don't get started. Don't get net started <laughs> on, on content. Mm. Yeah, right, I think get I, started. Well, I think um, you know, in 2022, it's the same as it's been. <laughs> the, the the thing I think it's it's more important now than ever before is to have uh, unique, highly focused content that is at answering specific questions for um, your target audience, and that's always been true, and it's true more now than ever. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's just making sure that your fundamentals are strong and covered. Um, and then once you have a strong foundation of good content of a well-designed website of, um, you know, good codes, fast sites, um, and then consistent content being generated, uh, then, you know, then all of the extra things on top, you know, social media, um, and, and, uh, backlinks and directory listings and and all that stuff will just enhance what you already have. But if you have all that stuff and you don't have a good foundation, then, you know, you're building your house on quicksand and it's not going to really do you much good. Yeah. I'd like to get in the soapbox just for one second. Sure. And talking about, talking about content and <clears throat> one of, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the, um, things that we see out there that that's the opposite of what we do because we like eat content and that's syndicated content where the same post is used by five, 10, 20, sometimes hundreds of, of different MSPs using the same content and looking at that content too, it's really high level and very technical, which is not always the best form of content for someone searching for a newest the new, uh, new MSP because they might not be technical in nature. They want to, you know, they want to learn about cybersecurity. They want to know what the dangers are and what, you know, they need to be, what needs to be done to be protected by. So that's one example, but syndicated content makes it hard for Google to rank your website because there's so many other me too's content out there and, um, using, using unique content that's written in your voice and written for your brand is, is a much, much, much better option. I'll, I'll go on, uh, to say if you are paying for syndicated content and there's nothing wrong with doing so, because there are people that are going to go directly to your website, maybe customers or somebody that found you through local search that, you know, maybe it had nothing to do with a blog post, right? But if you're going to use syndicated content, it's really important for you to, uh, disable Google. Um, what's the term guys, like the robots. Yeah. Make, make it so, so yeah. So they, so they don't, um, index that page index the rest of your site, but make it so they're not indexing those syndicated pages because if if that gets indexed, then it, I believe will actually hurt your ranking because there are other companies out there that have unfortunately indexed that content and Google's going to see, oh, 
Uh, yeah, you guys are sharing content, so. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that that's the, if you are going to use syndicated content, you do want to uh, make sure it's de-indexed. Um, but, you know, uh, and what we recommend is you can use both, right? You can use syndicated content <laughs> and original content. I just wouldn't use only syndicated content because then you have nothing to hang you, your hat on for Google for content. So definitely get a mix of there. Um, but if, you know, uh, if you do want to have just content that's coming out on a regular basis to fill your blog with, with a bunch of stuff, uh, that to people that go directly to your site <laughs> to be able to find and, and search through, um, syndicated content is okay, but still going back to Ramey's point, it's not customized for your business. It's not speaking to your target audience. It's not, uh, attracting the people you want to attract to your business, because as we know, the, the, the more uh, narrow of a focus you can have, you know, focus on healthcare IT, focus on um, law firm IT, focus on, you know, different verticals uh, of industries, um, the, the easier it is to market yourself and to, to show yourself as an expert. And so to be able to get content written exactly for that, for you, for your types of customers um, will, you know, uh, have much better results for you than, you know, a hundred syndicated blog posts about just generic stuff. I agree. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for popping on here and doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, Matt, uh, Ramey, seriously, both of you guys are awesome. Uh, Ramey, how do they contact you both? Oh, on Facebook. No. They contact you on Facebook? No. Okay. <laughs> Ramey loves getting private messages from random people on Facebook. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Ramey at techmarketingengine.com and Ramey is spelled R-A-M as a Mary E-Y. And then I assume it's Matt at techmarketingengine.com for you. You got it. I can't hide. I can't hide from you guys. All right. So, uh, with that said, uh, I'll make sure to put your, your email addresses directly in the text. So that way it just gets read by all those robots and you guys, <laughs> I'm not going to do that, but, um, seriously, thank you for this. And, uh, for those of you that have no idea what you're going to do on marketing and maybe you've got a marketing budget that you've allotted for the year, give Matt and Ramey a call. They'll, uh, they'll help you out with your website, uh, and. You know, they can, they can take care of everything from the design, look and feel, uh, rich snippets, blog <laughs> content, and even, uh, getting loaded up with, um, all the directories. And, and then they've even got a, a really cool way of, uh, building more reviews from your clients. Yep. So basically right. everything we talked about today, <laughs> we can help you with a tech marketing engine. We focus on organic marketing. So like paid ads and stuff isn't quite our wheelhouse. We focus on just building that, you know, good foundation of organic content that just keeps people finding your website over and over again and loving the experience. Um, so yeah, check us out at techmarketingengine.com. Love it. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. <laughs>